Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It's a little bit off what we usually do. Right now, I'm on the road in uh, Myrtle Beach, and Anthony is still home in uh, Long Island. But there's a lot of big news, and we need to cover it all. Of course, everybody, I am your host, Mark Williams, who is not a proud golfer today. But... Uh, still in Long Island, Mr. Anthony LaRocco focusing on his Islanders. Yeah, it's time. It's time to clench your butt cheeks if you're an Islander fan. It's it's. Uh, but this is you know this this is what you play for. You you, you want to be in a playoff chase. You want to be in it. And uh, you know they they them the Penguins Panthers. It's going to be a little bit of a dogfight here. Yeah, well, there was an expression that was said at the golf academy that I'm at right now, which is uh extending your glutes and uh or, or, or what was it engaging your glutes but you know that's that's to make sure you're using your lower body more not swinging with your arms which apparently i guess that's what i was doing however um this week had a lot of news that had to go with it but we're going to focus and start the a block with and uh there is a graphic for it. we're going to start the a block with the new york islanders who right now are fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, they are uh, right now fourth place in the Metropolitan Division, 87 points, 30, uh, 39, 30, and 9. A plus-13 goal differential, still very good for them. But you look at that wild-card race. Anthony, there it is right there, 87 points. They are tied with the Florida Panthers, one point ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Islanders holding on to uh, the wild card two, but Florida right now has got the tiebreaker. That's why they move into wild card one. The last four games you have, you have Tampa Bay, uh, Philly, Washington, and Montreal. Anthony, uh, we're going to get, we're going to get Philkin right now. Uh, Cause uh, we, we are, we will always work better as a trio. And uh just to, to say this, this is the last game the Islanders have versus a playoff team. Yeah. So that's the last game tonight. Yeah. So now that we got Philkin, Anthony, how worried are you about the Islanders missing the playoffs? He went blank. All right. And well, he muted himself. Um Okay, well, uh, since we got time, Philk, why don't you give your introduction? Oh, screw Corey Perry. He sucks. Um, Brandon Hagel sucks. Who else sucks on the Lightning? Let's see. Um, who else can absolutely burn in hell on the Lightning? Oh, um, <laughs> Pat Maroon, yeah. He's another one. Burn in hell. Uh, Corey Perry, Vernon Hell, uh, Brandon Hagel, um, go take a long walk off of a short pier for all I care. Um, yeah, and the rest of them can play in traffic. Yeah, and that was a very hard one. Oh, move. Alex Lauren, forgot about him too. Yeah, he's another one. Yeah, that's a. Took like a, a, a massive mallet and then smacked him with it. I would be okay with that. All right, Anthony, directing back to you for the New York Islanders. How worried are you about this team missing playoffs right now? Not that honestly, not that worried. Um, you know, the week, the last time we did a show was last Wednesday when they beat the Capitals in a shootout. So a lot of transpired since then. 
Um, you know, that, that was a great game. They played really well. They got the two points in a shootout, which they haven't won in a shootout. It feels like forever. So that was huge. Um, you know, and then they played oh, look, the, the Lightning and the Hurricanes. So going into those two games, it was a very, very real possibility that they would go lose both. Um, those are those are two good hockey teams. You know, they got they got waxed by the Lightning. Um, you know, first period is one nothing. It was a good game. And then the second period, the wheels just totally fell off the bus there. Um, you know, and the next night in Carolina, uh, 2-1 game. You know, Carolina scored the winning goal early in the third. And, um, you know, the Hurricanes are a good hockey team. I thought the Islanders played pretty well. Again, they just lost, lost to a good team. Um, and it's just bad timing, you know, because they played these two good teams when the Panthers' last three games were have been against two heinously bad teams in the Blue Jackets and the Canadians. So, of course, they pick up four points there. Um, and then they beat a bad Sabres team and six points. So the Islanders are up six points on Florida. Islanders lose to two good teams. The Panthers beat three bad teams, and lo and behold, they're tied. So um, it's just, you know, the Panthers did what they had to do. Um, the Islanders got hit with two teams back-to-back that are good at the really the wrong time. Um, but it is what it is. You know, now they're playing the Lightning again. I mean, this time on home ice. The Lightning are coming off, uh, you know, a tough game last night with the Rangers, and they're also facing Brian Elliott, the backup. So um, this is an important game. You know, it's it's pretty much – it is close to a must-win, but um, I would say if they win this game, I really like their chances of making the playoffs because at that point, Islanders pick up two points tonight. They could possibly clinch on Saturday depending on, you know, depending on what the Penguins do against the Wild tonight and then also what the penguins would do on saturday against the red wings but if they win tonight you know it it, it i think it really does almost solidify a, a playoff spot for mainly because their last couple of games are against a bad flyers team and a bad canadians team uh and the panthers finish off against the maple leafs and the hurricanes so two good teams so um you know the islanders have an opportunity here to really do themselves a fight by, by winning if they lose then you know then you may start to sweat a little bit because you know at that point it's it's really going to be a true toss-up but i think a win today could go really goes a long way in making sure the islanders make the playoffs but um again uh not that concerned obviously you know they're they're not as in as good a spot as they were last week when they were six points up on florida and five points up on pittsburgh but they all have the even amount of games played uh, and when you consider right now that the Penguins' option in net is Tristan Jari, the Panthers have been going Alex Lyon. Greatly, granted, he's been good his last four games. He's won all four, but still the Islanders have a huge upgrade in the net. And uh, yeah, so again, if if they lose tonight, ask me that question. Depending on what the Penguins do against the Wild, I might answer a little differently. Um, but right now, honestly, no, I, I'm not that worried about them missing the playoffs. But I do think they need to win tonight to really help their chances out. Well, also another question that has to go with that, because the news of Matt Barzell has resumed skating. Uh, how yeah. important is it, Anthony, that the Islanders get wildcard one? Really important, because uh, obviously we all know the Bruins are a juggernaut. They have been all year. No one wants to play them. Um, they're going to get Taylor Hall back for the playoffs, uh, likely. Um, that's going to make them an even better team. Um and they're just they're just by far the best team in the league. Uh, I mean, really, the only thing you could say against the Bruins are one is all right. Well, you could say how often does the best team in the league 
you know, cruise on and, and win a Stanley Cup. Doesn't really happen all that often. Um, other than that, there's really there's really not that many negatives about them. Um, the only other one which we have discussed is good as Linus Olmark's been, he's never played in the Linus. postseason before. Linus, Linus, apples, oranges. Um, uh, we got on Mark for but, it. I gotta get on you for it. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, but that's it though. That's it with the Bruins. So I think you, I think you want to avoid them at all costs. And that's no knock on the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes are a really good team too. Um, I would just rather play the Hurricanes than the Bruins if I could. Bilk, how important is it that the Islanders get Wild Card one? Paramount. I mean, absolutely paramount. Like, how do you? I uh, I would not want to face Boston, and like Anthony said, it's it's not a necessarily a knock on Carolina, but would you rather face Carolina without their two top wingers in Svechnikov and Pacioretty, uh, or do you want to face a fully loaded Boston Bruins team that might reset the NHL record for most wins and points in a season? I I, I think the answer is pretty. I, I'm gonna have to lay up. Just get the damn gif out, lay up. <laughs> like, seriously. But, like, no, on a, on, a, on a more serious note, I mean, you just don't want to face a buzzsaw like that in the playoffs in the first round. And I, I always look back to the Rangers. I look back at 2012, 2014, and last year. And the fact that they played seven-game series in almost every series that they played those playoff years really hurt them seven games against um ottawa in the first round in 2012 seven games against the capitals and then you got eliminated in six against new jersey Mm -hmm. then 2014 seven games against philly seven games against pittsburgh six games against montreal yeah, it's the ice cream, man. Yeah, I have my window. Yeah, I couldn't figure. Out, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out if yeah. it was in my neighborhood or if that was yours. No, no, <laughs> it's it's my neighborhood because I thought he went by before. But hey, great, thanks, thanks for interrupting. But um, <laughs> you know, like it's just you you can't go back to having played seven game series all along, and you know if you get Boston. That's if the Islanders can somehow beat them. I think that series would go seven. If the Islanders are beating them, they're beating them in seven. And I'd say no less. I I just think that Boston's that good. So you don't want to have a bloodbath with a team like Boston, even just from a a, a matchup standpoint, because that's what that's going to be. Because if you get past them, you're going to be spent from that series. And you're going to have to, you know, face whoever in round two, I mean, yeah, it could be a confidence booster beating the best team in the league in the regular season. But what happens if you get through that? You get a bunch of guys that are banged up and nicked up. Barzal comes back. He gets nicked up. Okay. Then you're going to go on to the next round, and you're not going to be at 100%. You're going to be spent from a bloodbath, and you're going to have to face somebody, and they may take advantage of that, and you might lose. So that that's one of the downfalls of having to play a team like that in the first round. I have said in the past and over and over again that uh, the Bruins don't want the Islanders because Ilya Sorokin would be the best goaltender available uh, to play against them. Uh, I've also said Linus Olmark has no playoff wins in his career. So the real question would be, can the rest of the Bruins carry him as far as they can in the playoffs? 
who knows? Maybe, I mean, Omar could be the rare guy that begins a season, uh, plays 50 games, and then is ready to go on to the playoffs. But that is a different animal and not Eddie. Uh, just either it's a rookie that doesn't know what he's in for or it's, uh, it's a veteran that's learned how to win and what it takes to win. And very rarely do you get like Darcy Kemper and uh, Pablo Franceau last year who won, I believe, six games apiece for the Avalanche. It's, it's, it's a very rare thing to do that. That being said, you need wildcard one. You need to avoid the Boston Bruins at all costs. Uh, if, if that's the case, just the Carolina Hurricanes are the better matchup. Now, are they the better matchup, guys? Because I don't think the Islanders have a win over Carolina this year, correct? They do. No, they beat them. They beat them they six beat Carolina, three, Yeah, the first, the first, first meeting of the season. Oh, okay. My bad. So, because uh, yeah. I know they had that that game where the Islanders had sixteen shots at UBS Arena, and yeah. then the game two weeks ago. And again, excellent scheduling by the NHL. That uh, there's three or four games against teams in your division. Islanders haven't seen the Rangers since before Christmas. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Um, so Anthony, oh, you want you want you want, a, you want another little funny thing about the schedule? I'll go right ahead. Zero games on Friday. Zero. Every team plays a game Saturday. All thirty-two teams in action Saturday. Whoever on. made the schedule this year should get punched in the face. I, I'm serious about that. Uh, the Rangers played as many games against the Boston Bruins as they did the New York Islanders. How does that make any sense? That, that's just so ridiculous. Anthony, I want you to make a prediction. Where do the Islanders finish? And next Wednesday on the show, are we talking about them clinching, have clinched, or is it going to come down to the final game? And another caveat to that, if they need to win that final game to get in, does Matt Barzell play? I think that's our bar talk topic for uh... – for the Islanders, actually, with Barzell having oh, to play the right. last game. Um, then don't answer Yeah, that. it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think they get in. Um, you know, the Panthers, we mentioned the Panthers play two good teams in Carolina and in Toronto. Um, they play a, a pesky Senators team tonight who's, who's still, obviously they're not making the playoffs, but – um, they've been in they've been in pretty much every game lately and they have a lot of offense. Um, and then even though the Capitals are missing the playoffs for the first time in eight or nine years, which, hey, we, we all speculated when it was going to happen and it finally happened. So we could we could all pat ourselves on the shoulder. I think at some point we all said the Capitals <laughs> reign could come to an end. But they also play the Capitals, too. And, you know, they listen, they're still the Capitals. They still got some pieces. They could they can, you know, they're capable of beating you. So the Panthers, I think, out of all four. Well, not all four out of the Penguins and the Islanders. I think they actually have the toughest schedule. Um, so, and then the Penguins are the Penguins with with Swiss cheese Jari. So, <laughs> I'm gonna say the Islanders. The Islanders get in as wild card one, um, and the Panthers and the Panthers um, actually miss the playoffs, and the Penguins get in wild card two. Um, and I only because one, I want to be bold. I know that the sexy pick right now is probably to pick Florida. Um, but then, you know, the Penguins, their last two games of the year, boys, are against Chicago Columbus. Those are those are two cupcake games. Um, so, 
Ask the Calgary Flames about that because yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll ask the I'll Boston probably... Bruins about the Chicago Blackhawks. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, listen, I'll probably be wrong, but like I said, I just wanted to, you know, be a little different here. But uh, yeah, those, so and to answer your question, Mark, though, that's uh, that's my prediction. And um, you know, as far as Barzell, I guess we'll wait for the bar talk for that. All right. Yeah. So I almost messed that one up. Philk, quick one. Are the Islanders clinching by our next show Wednesday? Wow. Um, I'm just, I'm looking at this schedule and I'm just saying to myself, like, I mean, it's not, it's not a juggernaut schedule, but you do not have any, I mean, you want to say Montreal and Philly are easy games. They're, they're playing, they played very well in the second half of the season. So I, I don't know. And I tell you right now, Philly division rival, they're not going to go easy on them. Tampa is going to be pissed after what happened last night. They might be a little worn out, but they're going to be pissed about what happened last night. The only thing is, I mean, you don't have Vasilevsky going tonight, which is good for, you know, the Islanders, but I don't like the Islanders' schedule. I don't like Florida's either. I really don't. Um, you got Carolina, even though Carolina might sit some guys last game of the year because they're 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 in. I, I don't see I don't see that being a problem. I mean, division wise, they are three up on the Devils and they have a game in hand. I, I think Carolina probably is clinched by then, and that's that's probably a game where they sit everybody. So maybe Florida can get in by that. But um, Toronto, they're not catching Boston, and Tampa Bay isn't catching them. So that might be a game where they're kind of just resting people too. Um, and Pittsburgh, yeah, you talk about cupcake schedule, but like those last two games, but the, again, the Blackhawks beat the Bruins. The Blackhawks have unexpectedly beaten other teams without Patrick Kane and some other guys. So um, I, I think that I think it's probably going to look the way it is. I know it's not – it's the boring thing, but I just – I feel like Florida's going to hold on, and right now, with the way that Matthew Kachuk is playing, he's playing like a man possessed. Yes. And honestly, I honestly think he deserves some, like, serious, serious heart consideration because this team is nowhere close to where they are without the, his play and him becoming the first oh, player – history to score 100 points in a season which i mean that team's been around 1993 94 was their first season so it'll be 30 years next year boom i mean this is that that's incredible for kachuk and he's so, done it on the first season with a new team and it, they're an underachieving team let's be honest about it and yeah, to also have a 40 goal scorer for the second time or the second different 40 goal score i should say because bory did it twice with the panthers yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. But uh, as you guys know, the A Block is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use SeatGeek to get $20 off on your first order by using the promo code Big Apple Hockey. But also, as part of the Hockey Podcast Network, we're also brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. 
combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right. And we're back once again, everybody, because we're in the A block still. And after most games or whenever we can, you can always catch the final buzzer with the man down below, Mr. John Volkowski. And whenever I can, I always try to get the 60-second reviews on either the Islanders or the Rangers. Uh, I was trying to get one up for the Islanders this week because their most important game could have been that game against the Devils because it's and it's not even their game. It was Pittsburgh. The Devils smoking Pittsburgh really helped out the Islanders, took away that game in hand. They went out. They don't have to worry about Pittsburgh, and neither does anything else. Also, check out more at Big Apple Hockey Podcast. I'll have some written articles coming up, including season previews for the uh, – sorry, no, sorry, playoff previews, not season previews. We're a little bit past the season preview. But once again, uh, mentioning the A Block, powered by SeatGeek, use the promo code Big Apple Hockey. Phil used it for uh, AEW Wrestling. Uh, and right. You know what? You can get some great deals there. How was it, how was it last night? It's pretty awesome. Uh, Long Island's own MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman from uh, Plainview. It's actually the AEW World uh, Heavyweight Champion. So um, he had this whole thing. Um, he did this little segment, and it got interrupted by uh, Luke Perry's son, Jack Perry, who is actually a professional wrestler. Goes by uh, Jungle Boy. So um, he's like one of their big prodigies. It was a really good show. Um, there was another taping that was on after that we missed, but a lot, a lot of good matches, a lot of fun. Always good when they come to UBS. UBS is a great arena. If you guys ever have a chance to go watch a hockey game there, um, hockey games that are not played by guys who don't want to play defense in beer league, by the way, uh, <laughs> we know who I'm talking about there. <laughs> not, not, not saying anyone. <laughs> No, but um, yeah, if you, if you have a chance to go watch any type of event in UBS um, wrestling, they're great views. We were up in 204 in the first row, and we still could see like everything like crystal clear, like perfectly. And it wasn't like too far back either, which is great. So hockey, wrestling, concerts, go. It's great, great arena, really is. Yeah, I got I could sing the praises for UBS for a while on a lot of things. And also, obviously, check out the mark on the road where we got to see that man, Anthony LaRocco, hit the ice at UBS. So we're going to get to the New York Rangers right now, currently in third place in the Metropolitan Division. 46 wins, 21 losses, and 11 overtime points. Goal differential, plus 57, second best in the NHL and the Eastern Conference. The Rangers beat Washington, and they really beat Washington. They beat Tampa last night. They lost to New Jersey last week, which took them out of the running for second place and possibly the division, and also lost to Buffalo. More on that later because there was a significant player for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Phil, they trailed the Devils by three points. It's basically not going to happen. Let's, let's just be honest about it. But what do the Rangers have to do over the next couple games that are remaining to get ready for the playoffs? Well, they have to hope that Patrick Kane is going to be okay. Um, they're holding him out for precautionary reasons 
out of tonight's game, which I, I get. I, I guess they're 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 probably he's probably dealing with that hip, and they want to just give him like a day off. Fine. I mean, and you say that they're out of it. I mean, yeah, they're down three points with four games. It's not impossible. You know, the Devils could lose a couple of games, and then the, and the Rangers win a couple of games. And that's it. They have the same amount of games uh, played. So it, it, it is possible. It's even possible for the Rangers to technically win the division. I mean, four four wins would get them eight points, and that would bring them to 111. But Carolina would more than likely have to lose out. I don't see that happening, though. So that's a lot more improbable. But they need to – they, they need to just be consistent. They need to be consistent. They need to play the way that they played for a majority of that game against Tampa. And they're going to need to play tough like they did last night, too. That's that's another thing. And, and that was one of the biggest displays of Ranger toughness that I have seen in a very long time from this team. Uh, or I'd have to go back to the, the line brawl with New Jersey in 2012, right off the opening faceoff of that game in the regular season when you know uh, DeBoer sent out you know, his goons, and then Tortorella responded by sending out Rupp, Bickle, Prust, and everybody else to fight. So um, I, I love what I saw last night. Ben Harper absolutely waxing Corey Perry and um, and Pat Maroon is just – I'm going to tell you right now, old heads and new heads, Ranger fans alike, are in love with those gifts. Like, there's been gifts going around all over social media of Corey Perry just getting sucked in the face by Ben Harper. And it's just amazing because it couldn't happen to a better person than Corey Perry. He's needed a good ass beating for a long time for his dirtbag play. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like what I saw. Oh, and Alex Kalorn, um, I, I would love to see how he would react if somebody speared uh, Andre Vasilevsky in the groin. You know, oh yeah, then that was quite dirty as well. So, but um, yeah, I, I just think that they need to play the way that they played last night, and they they need to they need to keep the foot on the pedal. They need to just come out and play hard consistently. They need to start games fast the way that they did last night. They started that game fast. They started the game against Nashville fast. They started the game against Pittsburgh fast. Actually, the last two games against Pittsburgh, they started fast in those games. And that that's the most important thing because this team is a completely different team when they get that. And when they get ahead, they get that lead, and they get another team's heads. Oh, well, these guys are flying all over the place. We're going to be in for a long night. It seems like they just they demoralize teams when they're throwing shot after shot after shot after shot on net and goals are going in. So it just they've got to keep going at it and just – making life hell for their opposition right off the start. And I think they're going to be fine. Um, I, I know we're not going to get an accurate or an honest report on Kane. So I'm not even going to bother to put that much thought into it, but just hope that he's all right. And this is really just more of a precautionary maintenance type day thing for him. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the Rangers, the final four games? Mm-hmm. Stay healthy, stay healthy, and and get into a get into a rhythm um, in your game. Feeling good about yourselves going to the playoffs. I mean, that's 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 really about it. Because I mean, while they have a chance at second, you know, it's not like like because the Devils, if the Devil, if the Devils go two and two, that would give them one hundred and ten points. Um, 
the Rangers would have would have to go four and zero to give them one eleven and finish a point ahead. So, um, yeah, so it, it likely is improbable. So with that being the case, like I, it's really about staying healthy and getting to your game and feeling confident about yourselves going into the playoffs. Um, you know, Paul, you know, during practice, during practice time, kind of practice on some issues that you need to clean up, translate it to games and, and get going because, um, you know, in the playoffs, you can't afford to fall flat for a game or two because then you're behind the eight ball. Um, and you don't want that to happen because it's daunting to have to come back in the playoffs when you're down, when night in and night out is like, you know, being in the trenches. So um, I think as long as they just stay healthy, get to the finish line, get to their game, feeling confident, um, they'll be okay. Because um, as much as I, I do think they match up better against the Hurricanes and the Devils, um, Devils don't have much playoff experience. So, you know, if the Rangers can get to their game early, um, you know, beat them the first game or two and lead the Devils' confidence, um, they could have that, you know, they could have that wrapped up. But you can't afford to slip up against that team because they're, they're fast. Uh, they can score goals in bunches, um, and they could be a problem. If you're, not top, if you're not at the top of your game, they can exploit you. So um, just be ready. I think one thing that Gallant has been doing, I've noticed this in the Washington game especially, he is running the kid line out there more and more and getting them going. You look at Capo Caco, who right now has an outside chance at 20 goals. If he could reach that mark, oh my goodness, what a great um, confidence booster for that line and him going into the playoffs. We're going to have more on the him and Lafreniere in a moment as well as, obviously, Philip Heedle, who is also playing well. But you know what? Igor Sesterkin is back. Um, I've seen enough. He's back that he was. Anthony mentioned this all throughout the year. You can't have Sesterkin with a 915 save percentage. He was over 930 last month. Oh, 909. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was bad. Boy with 909. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was that bad. Last month, he had a really good, a really good month. So – just again, yes, obviously keep everybody healthy, guys. That's that's the easiest one for any of us to say. But it, just get the kid line moving. Maybe even get Braden Steiner some more minutes. You might see some uh, like some scratches and getting some other players in there and just resting some other ones. Uh, you don't want to rest them too much. I'd be worried a little bit about resting Kane for the next four games. But if anybody knows how to do that, Patrick Kane can because he's got more experience than anybody on the New York Rangers right now. All right. Uh, so I wish there was a last word to even mention with this right now, but we're just going to go straight into our bar talk, everybody. That is going to be it for the A block, because uh, we have one of us that's a little bit pressed for time. A little bit Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. So wait, you have a little bit more time now? A little more than I thought, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good thing. All right. Uh, Because, you know, uh, one of us actually has responsibilities, and that's what makes him uh, a good dad. Uh, Everybody, welcome to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. 
Are you so confident? Are you going to buy everybody around or just so, so have a beer? Oh, dear God, give me a shot. And be careful if you get the shots here in South Carolina. They pour big ones, really big ones. So um, always play along down in the comments below. And uh, why go to the liquor store when you can go to uh, just go on Drizzly and make it a Drizzly night? Have them bring everything to you. Click the link below that's in the description, and there is the update right there. And uh, Big Apple Hockey Trucker Hats are back in. They'll be updated on the eBay's, uh, the eBay with the eBay store. So they're back in, and I can ship them out to you. Feel free to go on and order some. Anthony, or sorry, actually, Philk, I'm going to start you with this one. Philk, the New York Rangers, if Kako and Lafreniere score 40 points, their contracts become very difficult for Chris Drury to manage the cap this offseason. I'm going to say a beer. Um, I think them hitting the 40-point mark on the third line uh, gives them a little more ammunition in contract talks. Uh, I know that Kako is arbitration eligible. Um, I don't – I'm not sure if Lef- Frenier is. I think he might be. I think, or actually, he might have. He might need another year. No, he's not, not arbitration eligible yet. Yeah, oh, okay, so he needs the fourth year then. Okay, the Kako has the fourth year though, so I'm pretty sure he is. But he's under contract till next year. Yeah, but he's under contract. Nick. Oh well, it really it should have been Lafreniere then. That's that's my bad then. But if you know, if the, the two of them become, you know, basically score the forty points, I, I think this whole thing becomes a, a tad bit more difficult for Chris Drury to work with because then you have Keandre Miller who also scored 40 points. So now this kind of just adds to it a little bit. I think Drury gets the job done. I, I just think that he might have to go higher than he may like. Uh, just to also uh, let you know, Miller is not arbitration eligible either. No, I know he's not. We've had this. We, I, we spoke about that last week. And, and also, Phil, don't worry. It's still forward thinking. So Drury would have to think about that. Uh, Anthony, I guess since I'm talking, I'll just step on up. I'm going to say beer on this one only because sometimes with negotiations, you don't know what's going to happen, but because they're not arbitration eligible, Ranger fans, everybody calm down. The big one was Heedle. You had to get Heedle re-signed, especially with his productivity coming up. That's just my thoughts. Anthony, what's yours? Um, I'm going to. I'm going to say shot, and I'll tell you why. Because Lafreniere is 39 points. If he scores 40 or if he doesn't, semantics at that point. I mean, either way, I don't think Lafreniere at this point is getting more than two and a half to to three million on a bridge deal, regardless if he has 39 points or if he has 41. Um, I don't really think it's going to change all that much um, in regards to Drury being in a more difficult spot. I mean, obviously, yes, if Lafreniere had a better year and he had 55 points, then, you know, it's a totally different answer. It's round. But at this point, I don't think a point, two point, three points is really going to make much of a difference on where what his contract's going to look like. Well, that's very true. And, you know, it's, it's something that they're going to have to look forward and try to figure out who they're going to pay. And as Philk has said over and over again, the year they're looking forward to, 2024 offseason, when the no-trade clauses lighten up on Chris Kreider and Jacob Truba. Guys, the Easter Conference wildcard race. 
This is them right there. Florida, 87 points. Islanders, 87 points. Pittsburgh, 86. And Anthony, as you know, Matt Barzell has not played since that Boston game on February 18th. I gave it away at the beginning in, in the A block. My mistake, guys. But Matt Barzell will play in the last regular season game if the playoffs are on the line, Mr. LaRocco. So he's been skating for the last few days now. Um, they didn't have a practice today, so I don't know what it would have been. But at this point, he still hasn't joined the whole team yet. But he has been skating on his own. Um, they did say they were hopeful that he could play in the you know last couple of regular season games um, and for sure in the playoffs. So I think his return is looming. Um, here's the thing. I – if everything went the Islanders way, if, you know, they won tonight, Pittsburgh lost, and then the same thing happened again on Saturday and they clinched. Um, at that point, I don't think they'd he'd play again in the regular season. I think they'd bring him fresh for game one. If they need to win on the last day to make the playoffs, uh, even if he's not, let's say, you know, 100% and they really would have liked to wait a few more days in the playoffs, I think they might have him play situate play in that situation especially if doctors say listen him playing three days before he would have liked um isn't going to do any further damage i i definitely think he'll play i definitely think he'll want to play um he'd be like probably like a rabid dog get back on the ice but um perfect world i think they want to hold them out to the playoffs but if it comes down to it and the doctor says he can't do any more damage if he played a couple days early i think they'd be silly not to play him so um i'll go round all right, Phil. What do you think? Round. Um, I, 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 not just for those reasons that Anthony mentioned, but I, I, I think Lou Lamorello. I think his his job's on the line. I, I really do. I, I, I think the, a lot of the moves that he started to make, especially the Horvat trade, it just reeks of desperation from him. So if they miss the playoffs, I, I think Lamorello's gone. And even even then, I think maybe even if they get knocked out in the first round, I think Lamorello might end up being gone. I think because it just the the stuff that we heard about earlier on in the year, just it, something just seems like there's something looming over Lou's shoulder, and it, and it's Ledecky and Malkin at this point. And I I just think that if they don't, if like I said, if they don't make the playoffs, he's. I think he's definitely out. If they get, if they get ousted in the first round, I still think he might be out. I, ju I just think that there's a slightly lesser chance of him being out. <laughs> Maybe a little more of an increased chance of him staying, but I just, yeah, I, I, I think Barzell is definitely going in, and I, and I, and also I think Barzell is going to want to play. I think at that point, Barzell saying, "Hey, uh, I don't want to go home. I don't care what you guys are saying. I, I'm, I'm playing." at this point, if it comes down to the season being on the line. So, and you got to respect that. Uh, first, I'm going to go for a round, and I'm also going to do this for the first time for myself. I'm going to call this a layup. This one's an easy one, boys, because the precedent has already been set with hockey players in general. If your team needs you, you go in and you play. Look no further than the general manager of the New York Rangers, who played his final game of his career – to get the Rangers into the playoffs in, I think it was 2011 when they did that, the final game versus the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that uh, they'll, they'll play till their limbs are ready to fall off. Now, 
as long as Barzell's going to be okay, like you said, they got to make sure. <laughs> even the Don gets whacked. Oh man, even the Don gets whacked. So it, now, let me just let me just address one thing. Let me just address one thing. I think it was more that he made a sound hockey decision, but he also kind of wants to go out with a bang because he could have jumped and gotten down a little bit more in the playoffs, but you got Pierre Engvall, who's been great for them. Yeah, I, listen, I'm not saying that any of the like I'm not saying that they were like not sound moves or anything like that. And I don't think the Horvat trade was bad. What what I'm saying is, is this is it's just not characteristic of Lou Lamorello. Like the last time Lou Lamorello made that big of a move at the deadline that I can personally remember, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would go back to Ilya Kovalchuk in twenty ten. And otherwise, Lou Lamorello has not been a big, big trade deadline type guy. And then before that, I'd, I'd have to go back to maybe Alexander McGillney in 2000. I, I it just it, it, he does not make big deadline moves. So for him to go and get Bo Horvat, it's like, OK, I'm awake. I'm serious. Let's do this. So that to me, that means that just in my opinion, that ownership was prompting him to do that move. So for, for me, I, I just think that Lamorello's back is probably against the wall. And if I, that's why I think that this is going to happen this way. Anthony, but, what do you think? Do you think there was pressure from up, up on high? So what I was going to, what I was going to say was before we move on, when he, when he, Phil started talking about Lou and, and potentially his job security, um, we, we've mentioned throughout the year that there was kind of like speculation that his contract was up at the end of this year. Um, last week when he did a, a media availability, when he updated the press on Barzell was skating, um, Ethan Sears, I, I forget where he, where, where outlet he's from, but he, um, he asked the question, he said, you know, Lou has been a lot of speculation about at the end of the year, you know, you know, what your contract status is and what the future holds for you. And people are making jokes that, you know, people should check to see if Ethan Sears is still alive. Cause Phil, uh, Phil, um, Lou gave him a feisty answer. He was like, he was like, I, he's like, I really wish that uh, you would do your due, your due diligence before asking a question like that and reporting because um, he said he basically said that he didn't know what he was talking about. Um, and he really, you know, he kind of he kind of really got offended by the question and took umbrage to it and basically said all that malarkey that was speculated isn't true. So um, don't know if, if Lou, you know, if Lou was just diverting or everyone was horribly wrong and he does have a contract. I just thought it was funny. He like went off on Ethan Sears. It was so just wanted to add that in there when talking about what his job future may hold. Ethan Sears is with the post. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then core just makes this lovely suggestion. Oh no, 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 no. I I am not. Maybe I can call him now because I'm out of state. Ethan is now in journalist protection. agency. (laughs) He might be. He might be. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely not going to happen. Staying in the Metropolitan Division, guys, the look at the standings. The New York Rangers trail the Carolina Hurricanes by, by six points. The New Jersey Devils, three points behind the Hurricanes. Anthony, I'll go back to you on this one. The Devils will hold – the Hurricanes will hold off the Devils to win the Metropolitan Division. So three points in um, – three-point lead with a game in hand. Um I mean, Devils really did look good against Pittsburgh the other night, but I don't, I don't see the Hurricanes giving it up. Um, so I'm going to say round. I'm going to say they, they end up 
finishing first in the Metro, winning the division. Devils might make it close, maybe, you know, miss out by a point. But I think the Hurricanes are going to hold them off. Gok. I'm going to buy a round. Uh, their schedule is relatively easy. They're they're The only team that they're facing that has any type of playoff implications is Florida in the last game of the year on April 13th. And that might be a game where Carolina is going to be resting players anyway. So um, I definitely think, if anything, that Carolina is more than likely winning that division. I'm saying round. But look at it. Predators. They're not. They're not. They're not making anything. Sabers, yeah. not making it. Obviously, Senators, not making it. Red Wings, not making it. It's just Carolina just has to show up, and 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 they'll win these games more than likely based on the talent that they have and the way that they play. So, uh, I'm gonna buy around on this one, also, guys. And I'm not gonna look at their schedule. I'm not gonna think about anything else except just to say, uh, Rod Brindamore knows how to get his teams to finish a regular season. That's what he knows how to do. So it's more about the Carolina Hurricanes than any other team that's even in this equation. You know, if they can lose, they're not going to lose any more games than what they need to to get the Devils back in it. They're gonna, they're gonna be just fine. Well, one guy that's had a great season so far, and uh, Braden Point, forty-eight goals, forty-one points, uh, uh, forty-one assists. Oh boy! Here I got. I got. I get the. Break I corrected over. you on the spelling of the first name, by the way. I didn't. I missed that part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got it right oh, this oh, time, oh. but but oh no, Mark messed up. So I'll fix that. <laughs> Braden Point, forty-one assists, eighty-nine points on the season. Bilk, a healthy Braden Point will ensure the Lightning reach the Eastern Conference Finals. I'd say shot. I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, obviously he helps, and he's one of the best playoff goal scorers we've seen in recent memory. So I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy, but it, it just this team is not nearly as good as the, the the three teams that they've had in the last three seasons. I mean, you you lost that great third line of uh, of uh, Gord, um, Coleman, and Goodrow. And, and then you lose McDonough, you lose Ruta. I mean, it, it just there are too many guys that they've lost. Tampa's played too much hockey. I mean, I would not be shocked if they lost to Toronto, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they beat them because Toronto is just <laughs> – they are a choking victim if I've ever seen one. So someone might need to do the Heimlich to get them into the next round on them. But – um their goaltending. Ryan O'Reilly is for, by the way. Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, if you could do the Heimlich for for that team, maybe maybe look at past the first round. But I wouldn't be shocked if that series went either way. I, I just don't know if they come out of that division. I mean, because I think whoever wins that series is going to have to face Boston, and I think Boston's probably going to beat either of those two teams. So uh, good good luck with that. I'm going to say shot. I mean. Nothing again. Nothing against point, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. Anthony, beer. Um, I, I seen what Braden Point can do. I mean, he he's pretty much the reason why the the Lightning beat the Islands um, the second time they played in the conference finals. He was mm. he was really good for the Lightning. Um, mm. You know, so give him his due. He's he's a really he's a really good player. 
Um, but the Lightning, don't forget, like I mentioned in the past, they played a lot of hockey the last couple of years. I mean, they made it to the conference finals. At le- so I should say at least the conference finals the last three years. Um, they're playing a real good Maple Leafs team again in, in the playoffs, which is going to be a challenge to get past. And then you have a team like the Bruins who are good. You know, they could meet the Hurricanes, the Rangers. So I, I, it's going to be hard for them to do it again. And, and saying around is basically me saying that it's, it's yes, it's going to happen. And I, I simply can't do that. But um, I mean, yeah, point going on all cylinders certainly makes them a more dangerous team. Uh, I'm going to go beer. I, I respect Braden point way too much to try to go to shot, but uh, he's a guy that is a tremendous difference maker. I don't know if it's going to like guarantee them making it all the way back to the, the Eastern conference finals, but if they can at least get him for, you know, at least at the same production rate that he's been going, you know, they, they're going to be a really difficult out too. It doesn't matter if uh, Nick Paul in that line isn't exactly what the Gord line was, but that's what Tampa does. They just plug in, plug out and, Plug and play, yep. Yeah, that's what they do. They got their stars, and they just can work around it. Guys, I can't stop talking about one guy who I looked up his numbers last year when he was at Northeastern when I did the uh, end-of-the-year blog on the website. Sure, the misspelling on that one, too, that I corrected. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, first name. I, I, yeah, I spelled it with an I, so there, yeah. there was, I did Dev in, not Devon. But Devin uh he's one and one so far with the Sabres, sub two goals against average, and a 942 save percentage. Guys, Devin Levi is a franchise goalie for the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm gonna buy a round. I'm gonna start this one off because you know something? He's looked real good so far in the two games he's played. Um, I I know I think it was kind of a deflection, which was the game winning goal against Panthers the other night. Uh, but he was outstanding against the Rangers, and that was a 2-1 win for them. And, uh, you know, it's I, – I run out of superlatives. Uh, his numbers in Northeastern, if he translates them to the NHL, this kid can really be the goalie the Sabres have been looking for since Ryan Miller. Philk? I, I want to say round, but it's just like two games. It's just not enough of a, a, a sample size. So I, I, I got to – by all means, I have to say beer. I, I literally have to. And I want to say round because I think he is going to be that guy. But two games is not nearly enough. Much. If this was like five, ten, especially like ten. If you, if you told me after ten games that this were, these were his numbers playing behind that Sabres team – you would have me foaming at the mouth to see what he can do with an improved defense in front of him. So, um, but yeah, all signs point towards it. I just can't confirm it yet. Beer. Anthony. Yeah. I mean, he took the words out of the mouth. Two games is not nearly enough. Um, or even if it was a case of he was playing in the KHL, like a guy like Igor or Sorokin, uh, yeah. And against men in a, in a professional league, and we're putting up video game numbers, and then came point. over, and, and after two games had those numbers as well. Then I'd be a little more inclined. But two games coming out of college, it, really impressive, and I really do think he could be the guy for the Sabers going forward. But like everything that Phil just said, 
not not enough for me to say round. So beer is the easy choice here. All right. I mean, fair enough, guys. I mean, I'm I'm just really high on the guy from all the reports. Oh, of course. I'm going in. So goes without saying. You know, but you know, oh, by the way, Mark, you you're with your little blunder before. Um, don't feel bad because NHL Network just had a stat up about Adam Fox uh, becoming only the second defenseman in Rangers history to have back to back seventy point seasons, but put up seventy assists instead of seventy points. So all right, so you know, I had to, I had to do a crap. Sean calls, this, to to- Sean calls this off the mark. <laughs> Network was doing a little bit of their own uh, off the mark there, if you will. Uh, I do have to say that I was I was doing it at about one o'clock in the morning, but you know, I saw that. Oh, yeah. So, all right, going to the Central Division, guys. The Central Division standings. I think it's a little bit tight. <laughs> Every team has got ninety-eight points. Quite like a tiger. A tight. It's so tight. The Central Division race is the tightest and the most crucial for the team that wins it, Mr. LaRocco. Hmm. This is a round. Um, I mean, you're talking right now, you know, if you win the division, you skate away with avoiding a really tough team in the first round, let's say, in in Dallas and Minnesota, and you play – you play this what, the second – the Pacific Division probably gonna be the first wild card. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you know you're you're talking playing like Seattle, um, and that this is not not a knock on Seattle, but any of those teams in that division would ra- would rather play finish first and play Seattle than not win the division and have to play one of the other teams because Minnesota, Dallas, Colorado. Um, I think the easy play there is win the division and play Seattle. You don't want to play the other two in the first round. You simply don't. Um, they're just much, they're much better in gold in Seattle. All, but in this case, let's just pretend Colorado wins, you know, Dallas and Minnesota's defense and goaltending is much better than Seattle and be a much harder matchup. So I think you, you got to win the division and avoid each other and play Seattle. So it's a round. Cook. I like gold. <laughs> Point like a tiger. Yeah. Um, This is just – this is a crazy, crazy race. I don't think I've ever seen a race this tight this late in the season. Not – I can't remember something tied with five, six games left in the same exact amount of points on a three-way tie between between – Didn't the 2012 Pacific Division come down to San Jose, L.A., and – I want to say it was one else. Like LA went from the. Oh, no, I think L- LA snuck in as an eight seed that year. But they were, I think they were the three oh, seed, and then they got knocked down to the eight seed. I know that division was close. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the exact numbers. I do remember it being close, but yeah. I don't think like this. I, 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 I don't think it there. was this late either. Could be wrong, but. Um, Again, ninety-eight points across three teams, and yeah, this is this is a layup. Obviously, like just get the gif out. Uh, Yeah, yeah, layup, and the a jam gif. Like we need it. But Uh, um, we'll work on that one. I'll try to find. I I still can't find something that's just a layup gif that is transparent. So it's still. uh, Yeah, I I get it. I get it. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, Dallas and Minnesota would be a fun little series to watch. I think Colorado would. I think Colorado would dominate Minnesota if you ask me. I'd be shocked if Minnesota could find a way to pull off beating Colorado. But um, yeah, it just if if Dallas can win that division and they get Seattle, I, I think Dallas beats Seattle in either five or six games. I, I would maybe even go towards five. I just don't think they have the goaltending to to deal with Ottinger, Seattle, that is. And Colorado, I think, could beat them in probably four. I think I think Colorado could sweep Seattle. So Minnesota, on the other hand, I think Minnesota and Seattle would actually be a real interesting series. And for a, a, I would call myself hockey this this podcast version of Havoc from Mortal Kombat. If anybody knows Havoc, who's the crazy guy who twists and spins his head, and he's called the cleric of chaos. I would call myself an agent of chaos because I love seeing chaos. And chaos would be. Minnesota winning that division, facing Seattle, having a really awesome series, because I think that would go like six or seven. And then Colorado and Dallas just facing each other in a bloodbath in the first round. And like like and you know what? I forget who it was watching the game last night. Um, and they were talking about just the first round being the best time of the year. Because there's games on every damn mm-hmm. night, and you usually find two or three really good, unexpected playoff series that just end up blowing you out of the water. And you're just like, wow, like I wish we had this in the next round instead. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I got to agree with you kind of on that one. This is an easy one. Uh, you already did the layup, so I'm going to buy a round. Look, you got to, you, you, you can't, you got to avoid the two teams you're playing against. I don't think it's the end of the world, say, for instance, if Colorado wins and Minnesota then ends up having to play Dallas because I think Dallas is going to be like, all right, we can handle this. But, I mean, Minnesota's kind of sneaky good. Uh, they've, they've been very sneaky this, this season, and everybody wants to kind of write them off. All they've done is just they're about to get a 100-point season. This, this team can actually win. So uh, – you, you definitely want to always finish in the best position that you can. So, obviously, yes, you want to do this. Because speaking about which, a team that's fighting with them right now that's in that division, the Calgary Flames defeated the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to one last night. And uh, they're now tied in points, even though I believe the Jets have a game in hand, guys. They do. Yes, they do. The Flames are the ones in the driver's seat for the last wild card spots. Go. You know what? I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna say round. It just you. I just think the momentum is just in their favor, and Winnipeg is doing everything that they can to not make the playoffs. So. I'm not going to say that the Canucks are an easy out. They're they're not. They they played a hell of a lot better since Rick Tockett came, and you know that Vancouver wants to play spoiler to Calgary. Those teams hate each other. So, um, and then Nashville is still technically fighting, even though I think they have an outside chance. They're still fighting for a playoff spot. So those might be two tough games, but I think Calgary. This is where coaching is going to make a difference, and Daryl Sutter is not going to let these guys not show up for these games. 
and then you win those two games, you got San Jose. You got San Jose. And then Winnipeg, on the other hand, it just seems like they, they're they very malaise. They don't care about anything. They have the Predators. Again, Predators fighting for a spot. Sharks, again, nothing. And then they have the Wild and the Avalanche. So three out of their four games could be very tough. And I, I just I, – I don't – I don't think Winnipeg's going to hold on. Uh, the real X factor here is, is Connor Hellebuck going to go 2017-2018 Vezina form and just absolutely brick wall the Calgary Flames out of the playoffs? That's really what the storyline has to be here. Is if, if it's going to happen, Connor Hellebuck is going to have to drag that team in. And I, I just, at this point the way that Winnipeg has played defensively lately overall as a team, and the fact that they're not getting strong efforts from Blake Wheeler, uh, Mark Shifley, and some of their their key guys, Nikolai Ehlers, has not been good this year, despite not being healthy. Um, I, I, I think that Winnipeg is – they're going to lose out. So it's, it's amazing because Winnipeg is trying to do everything they can to lose. You've just said that yourself. Do you know who else has been doing everything they can to try to lose? The Calgary Flames. How do you lose a home game to the Chicago Blackhawks who are trying to go for Connor Bedard? But the Blackhawks have been actually pretty decent the last month. But the, the Flames shouldn't have had any business being in that situation. And 6 3 you know, 1 in their last 10. Yeah. I mean, you want to really, you want to really make things a little bit easier for the flames. You got to play Dan Fladar more. I mean, I know that Markstrom is the, has, has been the guy you're trying to get him going. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't, I, I can't do it. Can't do it. You, you can't do it with him. It's not, it's not possible. I mean, it, it, it kind of is, I mean, obviously Vesna finalist last year, obviously my, my confidence on him is quite shaken, but no, you got to move on from that. And, uh, we're going to move on as well. And uh, Phil, I'm going to just make it down to the two of us while Anthony is out. Uh, Phil, Leon Dreisaitl scored his 51st goal of the season on Tuesday. Leon Dreisaitl is by far the second best player in the NHL. I'm only going to see beer on this. And I know that everybody should, is probably looking at me like, what? Like uh, get get the gif of the the, the old woman and the, the the what when it's spelled W A T and her face is like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, but I, Nathan McKinnon is just right there. Nathan McKinnon is on pace for 126 points, roughly the same amount of points that Leon Dreisaitl is going to finish with, and Nathan McKinnon has 100 points in only 65 games. 65, that's nuts. That's a better point-per-game pace than almost anyone that's put up in Avalanche history, Sands, Sackick, or Forsberg. It's, he's producing at that type of level in today's game. It's, it's disgusting what he's doing. Kel McCarr has missed a significant amount of time this year, too. Nathan McKinnon has missed a significant amount of time as well. So for, for me, McKinnon you could argue him as the second best player in the league right now. And you, and 
if anyone tried to argue with with you, you could tell them go kick rocks. Look at these numbers, and that that to me that that's why I'm only going to say beer because I do think that Leon Dreisaitl sometimes gets looked past because of that dude that's like the second coming of Gretzky that plays on the line in front of him. But I do think that Leon Dreisaitl, and I used to not think this, but Leon Dreisaitl over the last, I would say, three years has really proven to me that if Connor McDavid wasn't an oiler, Leon Dreisaitl could still probably score 90 to 100 points in a season easy. He's that good. Well, you got his Hart Trophy winning season, which was 2020, where he took over from McDavid when he was injured. Uh, you have Nate McKinnon, who's playing outstanding hockey right now, and I would actually, I would actually consider putting Nate McKinnon second in general. So already with this, I have to go shot, but I'm going to throw one more name out at you, Philk, because I think he's coming. Uh, you can argue he's already arrived, but Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes looks like he's. Uh, according to Wayne Gretzky, he said that's the guy to go right behind McDavid and challenge McDavid. I, listen, I I get what Wayne said, and I would never, I would never try to say anything to disparage the guy that I literally idolize. Mm-hmm. But I can't put Hughes ahead of Matthew Kachuk right now. There's I can't put him ahead of Nathan McKinnon in good faith. Mm-hmm. I can't put him ahead of Jason Robertson right now. There's another one. Robertson has done these last two years. So, no, Hughes is absolutely a top 10 player in this league. Yeah, and, but but again, like I said, he's coming. That's where the by far makes this a shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think the by far. Like I said, with McKinnon, I think it's McKinnon that makes the by far by a shot. I, I think he's the one guy that I can argue right now. Um, I would throw Matthew Kachuk in as an outside argument because what Matthew Kachuk did with Florida this year and then Calgary last year, back-to-back 100-point seasons on two different teams, two completely different teams in two different conferences with Florida dismantling themselves. Uh, incredible, incredible yeah. for Matthew Kachuk. I have to agree with you, and I have to say this year is more impressive what Kachuk has done than yeah. last year. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And last year he was on the best line in hockey. Uh-huh. So, them. so, Phil, we got two more of the Bar Talk ones. Uh, we're going to do a little bit more of an abbreviated show today because uh, I'm going to be getting dinner soon. Yeah, but, order dinner right now. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we love doing the show, everybody. It's just, you know, it's, it, was, it was a rough week. Trying to schedule everything. Fortunately, Phil, this was Phil's idea to be like, "Hey, why don't we do a Thursday show?" All right. Well, you know what? I figured, you know what? We weren't going to get to do it Wednesday. You you were tied up, and then Anthony's usually pretty flexible, you know, doing after you know work hours and stuff like that. So I figured, why not? And I, I wasn't going to be available yesterday with AEW. I, I just wanted to make sure that we we got a show in. So yeah, I mean, and again, I I'm wholeheartedly into that because I love doing these shows. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I, so this, this, this treats me better than golf did today. I can tell you that. Oh, you look so, like you're burned to a crisp, bud. A what? You look like you're burned to a crisp. Yeah, I got a little bit of a burn uh, over here, over oh, here. Oh, man. Don't take that shirt off because that is a farmer's tan and a oh, half. It is a bud. farmer's tan. <laughs> so 
Uh, it's it's uh, better when my girlfriend's going to look at it and be like, what the hell did you do? Well, oh, yeah. yeah. But, Philk, Miko Rantanen, 49 goals, 45 assists, 94 points. Miko Rantanen is going to reach 100 for the first time in his career. And uh, I'm going to put that as, you know what? It's only four games remaining. You know, I have to go to beer. I have to go to beer. I don't know if it's going to – if he can go over a point per game. And as you said, one of those games is against the Winnipeg Jets. So maybe maybe Connor Hellebuck just shows up and, and keeps him off the board. I don't know, Phil. And no Kel McCarr. It's amazing, by the way. McKinnon and Rantanen are turning in two of their best seasons. Actually, never, not of the best. Their two best seasons. And Kale McCarr, a lot of injuries this year. Yeah. Um, I hate to say this because I want to see him do it, but shock. I just think six points in four games. While it's not impossible, it's not impossible, and he can do it, I I, I don't I just don't see it. I don't. Um, and taking a look at Colorado's schedule, I, I, I just – I don't see where he just goes off in a game. Like, and for me, like him – I mean, San Jose, he could Maybe go Anaheim. Off. Is San Jose and Anaheim. Otherwise, the other games are pretty tough. Uh, I, I think he could score against L.A. Oh, they got six games. San Jose, L.A. All right. I'm calling an audible. I'm going to go around. Okay. I'm going to go around. All I right. don't care. I'm calling an audible here. I'm calling an audible. I think he's going to record between those two games. I think he's probably going to record four points between those two games. And then it's just on him to get the other two points between Edmonton. And you know what? Edmonton is a team that's really tightened up defensively. Normally, like last year, I would have said, hey, that could be a game where it's like 7-6 final, something mm-hmm. like that. And he could get like three points in that game too. But Matias Ekholm has just really solidified that defense. I know I keep ranting and raving about his play every week, but it's just I, – I don't know if I've seen a player come across and make that much of a difference on both sides of the puck right off the bat the way that he has for a team. Like there is a significant difference – and they had a, 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 sh- a shutout streak of almost three games, Edmonton. That's insane. When was the last time you saw the Edmonton Oilers talking about a three-game shutout streak? Uh, there were different points this season. Their goaltending was so bad. They were lucky to get three consecutive minutes of a shutout streak, never mind three conse- almost three consecutive games. Yeah, this uh, is actually yeah. a good point here from State of Survival here. Uh, you know, if Randon's that close – you know they're going to be giving him the opportunities. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. Uh, that's true also, but you want to get some millennium mark. But also, I think he's. I think this team's going to be focused on winning the division, and just winning the games. You don't worry about the personal accolades unless you can can clearly wrap it all up and nothing is at stake. Like if it's if it's a regular season game, you don't have to worry about it. But if they're fighting. And absolutely just fighting for their playoff lives? No, absolutely not. Uh, you win every game two to one. It doesn't matter who scores. It's uh, you, that's that's the way it would be. So, and that's just my. I mean, that's that's my take on that. You have to worry about 
worry about winning before you worry about any personal accolades. Uh, speaking about guys that have personal accolades, do you know uh, who from the 2021 draft class had a big contract this year, Phil? Yeah, the guy that the Rangers did not take or the 2021 or the 2020? 2021. 2021. Uh, 2021 class. Drafted third overall. Alex Trebek called his that, name. Oh, that was, yeah, Mr. Uh, he was 2020. Oh, sorry. 2020, my mistake. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I knew, I knew who you were going. Uh, and then you said that. I'm like, yeah, it's Tim Stutz. Love. Oh, no. Mark messed up. If yeah, yes, Mark. it's Tim Stutzel, everybody. I said the wrong year, and then I stood by it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, yeah. But. Yeah, it's not the first mistake I made, just stealing uh, iron. So, anyway, Tim Stutzel, 37 goals, 47 assists, 84 points. He has had a great season. And we have got Anthony back for this one, the last of the Bar Talk topics. Philk, I'm going to start this with you, and then I want to get Anthony's take right here. The Rangers and Kings made a mistake by passing on Tim Stutzler. Oh, man. I can only say beer just because, I, you know what, obviously you're looking at the numbers and he's having a big breakout year, 80 points, and you just, you're saying to yourself the Rangers have to be kicking themselves with not having this guy. But I've got to hold hope on Alexi Lafreniere. I just – being the guy. And I think when he rounds out, he can be at that level too. I, I, and I've said this time and time again, I want to see him work on skating and I want to see him work on his strength and conditioning in the off season. And I think those are three major things that a lot of professional athletes, especially in the NHL, they make those improvements on and they end up getting to the next level. Look at JT Miller. JT Miller was always, you know, a skilled player, um, I have some firsthand evidence from people that he was a little bit of a partier. Um, yeah, so he got serious and he actually said the trade to Vancouver was what really woke him up and was like, Hey, you know, what? to really be at the next level, you're going to have to get serious in the off season. Because Benajet said the same thing. Once he started taking his off-season regiments seriously, that's when everything changed for Mika Zibanejad. And then you saw 2018-19, 30 goals, 70 points. And every year since then, he's been about like a 70 to 75 or to 80-point player each year. And now this year, he looks like he could break 90 points. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a big thing that Alexi Lafreniere needs to work on. So I'm only going to say beer as of right now, but I got to tell you, I, there are a lot of times where I sit there and I think how much better could this team be if they had Tim Stutzler instead of Alexi Lafreniere? Anthony. He summed it up pretty well there. Uh, um, you know, I'm going to go beer only because, you know, hindsight's 2020 and, Yes, Laf was the you know, consensus overall pick, but I remember that draft class. There were people saying, in terms of just like pure skill, that Stutzla was probably the, the best in the class. Um, but again, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it does look like 
Stutzla, you know, is going to be – he's still early, but could be – will be the best player out of the three between Lafreniere and Byfield. But, um, yeah, he's dynamic this year. He might he might get to 90 points. He's got 84. Um, certainly, the Senators are reaping the benefits right now. Um, but, you know, it's – it's us for it's easy for us to say it, but when you you know when you have like the scouts and all staying the same thing that Lafreniere was really the consensus overall pick, even though Stutzla was maybe the most talented, not a lot of GMs or scouts are going to possibly risk their yeah. job by by taking him first. Um, mm-hmm. You know if there's a re, if there's a redraft if you did a redraft of that of that 2020 class, he's going yes, first. He's, oh yeah, he's going certainly going first. Um, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there real quick because this is this is a great great point. I'm I'm sorry, and I really don't mean to do okay. that, but I have to get this out. Does Tim Stutzla develop the same way here that Alexi Lafreniere did? Does he get those same power play opportunities, power play one, and, and top six like he's getting in Ottawa? Because you got to remember, usage plays a big factor. I forget, by the way, is Stutzla a left wing or right wing? He could play, I believe, all three of the forward positions. Okay. Anthony, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to finish it off by saying, yeah, he would definitely go first overall if they did a redraft. Um, but like I said, it would have been hard for – and I, actually, I don't want to say go off the board because it's not like Stutzla was ranked 10th. But still, if the general manager would have picked him first – um, you know, probably would have raised a couple eyebrows, and if it went south, it you know could have cost him his job. But in retrospect, yeah, it would have been a better decision right now. The Rangers would be a much much better team. Same goes for the Kings. Can you imagine Tim Stutzla on the Kings right now? I mean, forget about it. So I'll stick with beer. I'm actually going to go with what Matt's point was because that's what I was going to say. I'm going to go beer myself. First off, it's hard to say that the Rangers made a mistake because they drafted the consensus number one overall draft pick. Yeah. And then to pass him up for Stutzla, not Byfield, where the Rangers had the needed center, so they would go to Stutzla instead, that would have been headlines all over the place. And then what if Stutzla is the bust? Because David Quinn would bench him for stick handling on a breakaway. It's there's so much that has to go into what is, what is happening. And this is where this comment is a hundred percent correct because you don't know what it would have been you don't know what the opportunities would have been if the rangers were actually down let's say around number six that that's where that lottery was or even number eight or like that they could have ended up with dawson mercer and and Braden schneider i don't imagine that for your lineup so you you'd still get it's it opportunity matters a lot in this situation. And th- yes, it's not a matter of holding out hope for Alexei Lafreniere. You always go for the number one guy, but it's not like Lafreniere is not produced whatsoever. It's not like you're looking at a guy that's that's just been terrible. I mean, again, Gallant is playing veterans over the over the young players. Although, as I said, in the A block, he's playing the kids a little bit more now that the games are less meaningful and less impactful. But now, but you can't say that it's that it's a mistake. Now, on the other hand, if you want to talk about the Kings making the mistake, yeah, they might want to kick themselves because especially when you have Anze Kopitar, you have Quentin Byfield, and then you sign Philip Deneau, 
And you really didn't need another center. And uh, uh, Gabriel Velarde also is a center, right? Yes. So now imagine them with Stilton. I mean, yeah, I think that they're the bigger. <clears throat> the problem is, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to Mikey D's points here. So you, you can't say that it was a mistake that if Ottawa would have taken him number one overall, which they would have, any team was going to do that. He was the consensus one for that draft for a while. His world junior performance sealed it off. He won CHL player of the year two times in a row. The only other player to do that, Sidney Crosby. That's where these comparisons came into play when analysts were telling you not to compare the two because they're two completely different types of players. And Lafreniere was not going to be that type of player. Yeah. So for, for me, you, you, can't, you can't say that it's a mistake for the Rangers. It, the, the problem is, is that it's a mistake for the Kings – it just hasn't worked out for the Rangers for various reasons, whether it's Quinn's or Gallant's usage of Lafreniere, whether Where's it's Lafreniere's Lafreniere not playing well in his own accord and needing to be in better shape or needing to bulk up or needing to improve his skating or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just pump the brakes, relax, come back to the cliff, come back from the cliff. I'm gonna I'm gonna start singing. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. You could cut sides with all the lies that you've been living in. Yeah, I'm gonna go on and sing Third Eye Blind song just because everybody seems to you know look at this. And I've seen this time and time again throughout the season. Oh, Stuxel's breaking out. The front year's not doing anything. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, yeah, blah. like no, like give these guys top six minutes. Give them power play one minutes. And give them a chance to just go out there and play hockey. And they're not there yet. And you know what? I don't think Tim Stutzla is going to get much better than this. There is a chance that Alexi Lafreniere can get to that next level. Yes, I know it's Anthony's looking at me like, really? Like, how can this guy's in his third, what, third year and he's he's scoring 80 points? You know what? I, I just don't see that next level to his game where I'm like, okay. Like, I think this is what he is. I think he's like a 40-goal, 80-point, you know, predominantly one-way center. And you know what? That's a great player to have, especially if you get him at four. But I think Lafreniere can be that all-around tank of a player that plays someone like Miko Rantanen that can help be a franchise cornerstone-type player as well. So Here, here's, a, uh, here's another one. You think the Flyers regret taking Nolan Patrick over Heiskin and McCarr and Pedersen? He's another one of those guys that he's consensus number one overall pick. Uh, Heischer coming in and that was yeah, that was a late run from Heischer that year. Right. So I think the consensus was that he was there. Now, do you fault him? Because most of it really was health. I do. I actually do, and the reason why I fault the Flyers for taking Patrick, Florida just scored one nothing. Um, Brandon Montour, I believe, might have it, or is it? Should I? I'm not sure, but um, I, I think the the yeah, it's Montour. Uh, the injuries to Nolan Patrick were a big thing. There was a gigantic red flag there that said injury, 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 and the and Nolan Patrick, if he 
if he came out of there as like, you know, a fully developed player, he projected to be like a second line center. You know, and that, okay. So with that injury history, why would you not take the chance on a guy who has a little lower of a floor, but a higher ceiling? And a lot of guys are looking. The thing with Pedersen is that he really improved his skating once he got to the NHL. Elias Pedersen was not the greatest skater before he got to the NHL. When he got there, he improved his skating big time. And he was wiry and thin, and people thought that he wasn't going to last at the NHL level. But he's already proved the doubters wrong in that regard. And he's probably going to score 100 points this year. So go Elias Pedersen. I wish you were a Ranger. You should have been a Ranger. Um, screw you, Vancouver. Well, it's all right. I mean, after all, Leah Sanderson turned into a great player for the New York Rangers. Oh, yeah. Um, screw you, Gordon and uh, Gordy Clark for that one. Yeah, that that's one of those where uh, when the this, by the way, would be something I still would have told Gordy Clark to go stay off stage for this one because Anderson is not the it was not going to be the guy that they drafted up based on the Anthony. Do you think that they that the Flyers made the bigger mistake when it came to Patrick? Yeah. I do. Um, Which is is the guy they take then? Well, obviously, it's Kale McCarr, obviously, because it's the comments right below us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Heiskanen, though, too. He's he's having a really good year this year. Um, He's really kind of showing his offensive side more than he's ever had in his career to this point. Um, You know, what does he have, 60, 65 points or somewhere Uh, along the line? 68, I believe, and that's a Dallas Stars record for most – Actually, no, he's the Dallas Stars record for most points. Sergei Zubov has it with, I think, like 70-something. Yeah, and he is – so he is 68. So he's having having a hell of a year. Um, But, yeah, Cal McCarr. I mean, as you saw in the comment, State of Survival saying Bobby Clark wanted McCarr and Hackstall said, no, I'm taking Patrick. But he was the head coach, so he would have – didn't have that much say in it, but I guess I don't know. Um, I mean, I would hate to see Cal McCarr in the Flyers. That would be dreadful. Well, oh, let me, yeah, that wouldn't be good. Let me throw this one out for you guys because you talk about when teams make mistakes. When teams make mistakes, it's because one mistakes devils. are when you what was it? One nothing Devils, Jack Hughes. <laughs> uh, when teams make mistakes, it's either because they reach for a player, not because the player was evaluated higher. Leah Sanderson, big mistake for the New York Rangers. Or they have the plan in place, and then they audible off the plan. So where I'm getting at is, imagine if the Islanders did not trade away Roberto Luongo, who was the Hockey News player, a minor league player of, of the year, or, um, the best prospect in the league, two years running, and then go and draft Rick DiPietro out of nowhere. And you get back Ole Kavasha and Mark Parrish. I still think that was a bit of a mistake. They should have just stuck with that, with what they had. And, you know, I forget who was in that draft, guys. Was that Danny Heatley? Yeah, it was It was Pietro, uh, Heatley, and then Gabrick was three. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you know what? Mil- Milbury got a little too cute. He fell in love with Pietro's puck handling ability and thought that, you know, he could be the next Marty Brodeur. Yeah, I was just and- going to say that. Because, uh, I mean, Di Pietro was highly regarded, but I, I, he shouldn't have – when you have Roberto Luongo in the wings, there was really no need to do that. But, you know, they call him Mad Mike for a reason, right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, guys, quick question for you also. B, 
bigger mistake, uh, the Rangers or the Kings not drafting Tim Stutzla, or me running out of sunblock uh, down here in Myrtle Beach, because uh, that's you actually what happened. Sunblock easily. Well, I, I have two problems. I ran out of it, and also I'm like, because of my uh, Italian jeans that I have, I, I'm a little bit arrogant going, ah, yeah, yeah, no. No, I usually I burn the first time, and then I'm good. Like That's the rest what I do. I, I burn, and then I, I end up tanning <laughs> out. So, um, yeah, you, yeah. you are your bad. Well, I mean, it's, it's not, it actually is not as bad as what it could have been. I got aloe last night. Uh, fortunately, I mean, and, uh, my, my girlfriend's yelling at me about it, which she, she should. So should. Uh, it's not, uh, it's, it's not her fault. It's the it, deal. You know, uh, well, of course it's not her fault. She's, she's not the one out in the sun all day. That was me. But, uh, yeah, I would say I made the bigger mistake than the rest of them. Although it's still not that bad. I'm just, I'm just color. I'm not really sunburned. Just like, kind of like, just like the New York Rangers. You know what? I can uh I can come back tomorrow, maybe shoot a good round and uh have a little bit of color when I go back home on Saturday. So all right. Well, everybody, that's the end of the uh, Big Apple Hockey's bar talk where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. And uh I hope it was entertaining for you guys. Uh let's take a couple comments and I'm gonna have to um get out of here in a moment. Uh Phil, do you see any comments? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to – for a uh, – because Islander game is going to be starting soon, so we're going to sign off. But yeah. State of Survival X, this question. Um, I, You know what I compare him to? I compare him to a very – he's almost like a younger, vanilla Josh Bailey. Um, yeah. he, he doesn't – he doesn't do anything wrong. Like he's he's in position in the defensive zone. He's you know he's where he's he's where he's supposed to be. Um, you know he doesn't stick out. And for a young player, you know sometimes that sometimes is good. But for me, he doesn't uh, he doesn't really show enough you know enough offense. I I see him I see him being a, a Josh Bailey vanilla type player. Um, you know, Bailey had, had a couple of high-scoring seasons, too. I'm not sure if I see that with Holmstrom. I think maybe Holmstrom can be a, a 40, a 35 to 40-point checking bottom six forward. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Plenty of guys make careers out of it. But um, I could be wrong, but I, I don't see him developing into, like, a, a top six forward. I thought he was a little bit of a reach where he was drafted. But, um, you know, nonetheless – I do think he could be a everyday NHL player, but I just don't see him being a high scoring player. Uh, I like Holmstrom. I like everything I've seen him out of him. And I think that that basically sums it up with him. He's solid player, solid player. And you know what? Maybe more NHL time. He ends up developing. Yeah. You know, I I think I'm with Anthony on this. I I, I think he's probably a middle six player. He's a player that's not going to hurt you. He's unspectacular. You could use the word vanilla if you'd like. Um, but he just does little things good. Like he's just, he seems smart for his age. I'll, I'll give him that. Maybe his skills can develop and he turns into maybe like a 20 plus goal, 40 to 50 point player at his best. But I, I, I don't see him being like a big time scorer or anything like that. 
but that again, that's just me. I've been wrong before. I mean, hell, sometimes players develop late. Who'd have thought Jason Blake would be a thirty goal scorer? Forty. I mean, the thing yeah. with Blake though, Blake had like blazing speed. He at least had that to him. Holmstrom doesn't have like an elite skill in any type of category. Yeah. Blake was an upper echelon skater who was fast and had decent hands. So that so that helped him. I have it under good authority from one of his former line mates uh, that if he ever put his game together, he would be really dangerous in the in the NHL. And uh, the quarter point. And uh, he was he was always telling one of my friends about that, and because the, the they he rented the house from them, and sure enough, Blake finally did it, and look what happened to him. And then he, yeah, I mean, he ended up having a like he ended up having a few good years, and then he had that one really good year with the forty goals in 07. So yeah. um, he was never going to get back to that ever again. But you know, some guys it just sometimes it comes together for a year. You look at Jason Blake. Um, I look at, you know, maybe even Hakan Lube, if you want to go really, really far back to uh, Calgary in the 80s. He was another one that had that one big 50-goal, 100-point year. Well, um, fortunately, because of his 35th goal of the season last night, you don't have to put Chris Kreider on that list. No. Well, I, that's what I say. Remember, I said 35, possibly 40 is where he would finish, and he's at 35. So, I mean, good for him, but I wanted to see Mika Zibanejad to get 40 on that goal last night. Right, and by the way, that's also where I said with that, uh, I think Zibanejad's going to score more goals. Was gonna take All right, so the here's the discussion I was having on Twitter right now, or earlier on today. So Mika Zibanejad is right now, as we speak, and I just have to pull up the tweet again because I had all the numbers on there, but he's just outside of – the top 10 in goals and points for the Rangers. So he's 13th in goals, 15th in points, 204 goals, 450 points in 482 games played. Next season, he'll probably jump into the top 10 in goals and points. If he stays healthy and stays with the team going forward, he could crack the top five all-time in Rangers goals as soon as the end of 2024-25 season. And, again, stays healthy, stays with the Rangers. He could pass John Rattel and maybe even pass Rod Gilbert himself. When do we talk about Mika Zibanejad and his the probability of his number being retired by the Rangers? Because the only other trade I could think of in Ranger history where the Rangers won the trade downright in a lopsided kind of way and ended up getting a franchise altering player who was beloved by the organization and the community and did a ton of work and a ton of good for the overall New York in general was Mark Messier. This is probably the second greatest trade in Rangers history. So I would, I would say so. Yes. Even though Phil, I'm going to remind you about this one. Uh, who they trade away in that trade? Uh, in in uh, the Mika Zibanejad trade. The Zibanejad trade was Broussard and a six-round pick for Zibanejad in second. And they got a second-round pick back for that. Yeah. Big game, Brass was his name. Who the Rangers play in the playoffs the following year? 
The Montreal yeah, Canadiens. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, and I've said this before. You know what? It didn't pay immediate dividends, but holy crap! Who had, who had the game time goal in Game Five? Derek Broussard. Derek so it's not a clear win, but it's definitely a win over the long term. Would you How say the same is thing that me? not a clear win? One player is he's a bottom. You yeah, you got it. You're you're talking about right away. No, it wasn't right away, but it is one of the most lopsided trades in recent. Oh, I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with that. It's definitely a lopsided trade in recent history for the Rangers. Um, although we just lost Anthony for a second. Anthony's there, but he's yeah. Yeah, what's oh, up? He's back. All right, Anthony, what do you think? You're gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say I was about to head off because the Islander game was starting. But um, I, I think I think Zibanejad, if he continues, you know, this pace, you know, plays the rest of his years with the Rangers, I certainly think he can get his number retired. Uh, you know, exp- like I said, especially if he plays at this pace, he's been a really good player for you know a long time now. So, and as far as Kreider goes, yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, you know, especially if he ends up what second or third all time goals. Yeah, uh, I mean, even from you know from the Islanders, we're talking about. You know that Josh Bailey's number might be there one day, just because how many games he's played. He's he's in the top ten in some in some categories. No, no, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't see it. I whatever happened, you, 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 you would disparage. You would disparage the Islander greats that are up there already by putting Josh freaking <laughs> Bailey up there. I would be disappointed as a Ranger fan to see that. I'd hate That's to say terrible. it right now, but yeah, I agree with Phil on that. Because after all, I would say two other players would deserve to have their their numbers retired. One is he who shall not be named by Islander fans because <laughs> he, yeah. he deserved it. He played his balls off. The he deserved it. And the other one is Pat Lafontaine. I thank you. I was gonna just gonna say that, and, and you guys know how much I love that man. But that was gonna be the guy I was gonna say. The one other guy that I was gonna say before him. And I know I, I could actually name a, another that might deserve some consideration, but I wouldn't think it. But I would have gone in, in order. I would have gone Lafontaine. I would have gone Pierre Turgeon. Mm-hmm. And I would have gone Zygmunt Palfi ever before Josh Bailey gets his number. I, 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 I absolutely agree with you, but just, but just listen to this. So Bailey, Third all-time games played. Assists, fourth. Points, seventh. Um, he's – so those are some, you know, big categories, and he's and he's up there. But he was so. never the best player on his team I, or anywhere close. He is he, a classic compiler. And he was and, – and I think it's also because the Islanders couldn't find somebody to take him half the time. That's why they Listen, couldn't. I, I, I agree. I wouldn't want to see it happen, but, if, you know, he's he's – He's been here a long time, and I think he could be into the – well, not – you know, maybe not his number retired, but the Islanders also have, like, the Islanders Hall of Fame where they have, like, a list of names. Okay, that's so fine. That's maybe fine. on that. Yeah. That's fine. That, that's that's fine. probably more – that's probably more likely. up there with Kenny Johnson. That's more likely. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Kenny Johnson should have his number retired too before <laughs> Josh Bailey's number should ever be retired. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Kenny Johnson meant more to the Islanders than Josh Bailey. And I know that people are going to say, oh, well, Josh Bailey played during a time of success. Well, yeah, Kenny Johnson did. They made the playoffs for three straight years, and Kenny Johnson was one of the three big defensive anchors that they had during that time. 
mm -hmm. should make it. He was a captain too. And even though I know he couldn't handle the captaincy, but you know what? It takes a noble man to sit there and say, Hey, I can't handle the, being the captain. And you know oh, what? Yeah. It, 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 and I have all the respect in the world because nine out of 10 guys mm -hmm. aren't going to do that. They could be yeah. caving. Their legs could be buckling under all that pressure and they're not going to do it. Now, on the other hand, you can't help but look over and uh, – because he's one of two defensemen in New York that did that around that time because it was Messier right, taking head out. All right, Anthony, we're actually all heading out well. right now. Yeah, I think we're, we're all heading out because my yeah, we're going to take so off forever. So, Anthony, good luck to the Islanders tonight. And, uh, Philk, yeah, I mean, also turning it over to Michael Pekka, that's a duh, no-brainer. Michael Pekka was hell of uh, uh, one of the best – captains around that time so everybody i'm gonna play bye bye to start it off for us right now um obviously got whoops, a little bit loud there we go uh so we got um uh the rangers coming on in about 20 minutes and anthony got off for the islanders that are starting right now Bilk. Well, the Detroit just scored oh uh, uh, just, uh, I, I have just... on the fly on Detroit playing Buffalo right now. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I know they're going to Penguins. I forgot which day it was. Penguins no, play. they're not playing Penguins. They are not playing Penguins. Well, Penguins got Minnesota tonight, right? Yeah, so uh, they got Minnesota. That game I'm trying to go over to. Why is this so weird right now? This is a weird... Oh, the, the center ice line. The Penguins were up one nothing. Oh, the Penguins are up one nothing. Come on, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, come on, come on, Flurry, beat your former team. Yeah, seriously. All right, everybody, thanks very much for joining us today because it's always a pleasure for us to do this, and uh, it's time for me to get the shower, go get dinner down here in Myrtle Beach, and hopefully back to play some better golf tomorrow. Silk, what's your last thoughts on tonight? Just enjoy these last few games of the season. And uh, you sunscreen, dumbass. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually have the text from, from my girlfriend and say, what are you doing? Why did you have sunscreen? I literally ran out. We, we ran out. It was, uh, I, had, I had a bottle. You know what? I'll, I'll actually answer this. I think, yeah, I think we're, I think I'll probably do one tonight. Um, as long as I'm like a week, I think I'll do one. So, and yes, do, do like share and subscribe as Michael says. So, yes. And unfortunately I did not put any of uh, those in the comments today or, uh, put up anything else. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. And we are out tonight. Take care. Let's go Rangers.